Broadcasting from Alito to Alton, from Champaign to Chicago, and from Robinson to Rockford, this is the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. Glad you're with us. Larry Smith here with my boys, Brad Sturdy and Mike Kegley. We've got Patrick Quinn working audio for us as always. You know, I, I want to share a little something from behind the scenes here to start this week's show. Uh, pulling back the curtain here at the worldwide headquarters of Aladdin Guys International. Remember last week when I kept referring to Halloween and you probably wondered, like, what is he doing? But you didn't say anything? Well, guess who else didn't say anything? That's right. Brad and Mike didn't say anything. We finished the show after I'd mentioned Halloween and how things were spooky or scary throughout the show. And then, then they said, um, you know, Halloween is next week, right? Like they didn't stop me in the middle. They let me finish the show thinking it was Halloween right now because my kids are older. We don't dress up anymore. I'm the old man that doesn't turn his light on that kind of thing. Right. And they just, they left me hanging. So thanks guys. Well, we, you know, obviously you dress up in a suit for Halloween, just like every other day. So it's no different, but we always listen to the guy in the suit. So it's like, Hey, you know, he, he's the guy in the suit. We got to, if he says it's Halloween, I guess it's Halloween. Let's know what he's talking about. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, I guess to defend myself, I'd first like to say happy new year to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Get that out of the way. But that was Brad and I were, were, we were um, saying stuff inside. <laughs> we were. <laughs> Well, we were on the radio. It's hard to stop. Once Larry gets going, you just yeah, got to let him go. We couldn't get in. We couldn't get we're in. Just, we couldn't get a word. We're just dead. glad he said Halloween is a Thanksgiving or Christmas or New Year's. <laughs> so we. And you know what? Halloween keeps getting, uh, you know, outshone by Christmas all the time. I felt like this was good that Halloween finally gets a little bit of its just dues. There you go. Just I mean, everyone else, all the stores are doing it, right? So why not? So welcome yeah. to you. All yeah, I mean. We've already got we already got Christmas shows on Hallmark Channel, yeah. so yeah, exactly. we might as well just have Halloween a couple week week early. There you know? Exactly. Well, to both of you, I have one thing to say: Happy Hanukkah. Uh, <laughs> all right, lots happening. Got that out of the way. A lot of football. Uh, number seventeen this week in the AP poll, eighteen in the coaches poll at Nebraska Saturday afternoon. We've got lots on that just ahead. But guys, let's uh, very quickly get to basketball. Illinois ranked twenty third versus Kansas. In a secret scrimmage, Dirty, what's uh, what was up with that? Yeah, it was. Uh, they played at Lindenwood in St. Louis, um, uh, Illinois, Kansas, last uh, Saturday afternoon. Um, really good thing. They broke it up into segments: um, twenty-minute game, like kind of half, and then like three ten-minute segments, and some situational stuff, just so they could work on everything. Um, we, we found out a few things. Uh, we found out that Illinois and Kansas are both going to be pretty good. Illinois is was better than Kansas on this day. Um, Terrence Shannon was a monster. Um, I think that everybody, uh, he, he's really good. Uh, Sky Clark performed extremely well. There were other guys. Coleman Hawkins had a good day. Um, Ty Rogers, freshman, really stepped up and, and played well. Um, you saw some flashes from even some of the freshmen like Jaden Epps. And then, of course, the downside is, of course, the, you know, the, the bad news. Uh, they had an injury. Yeah, and and obviously with that injury going to uh, Luke Goody uh, in breaking, you know, what may be a bone in his foot, you know, um, that is something that is a disappointment to Illini fans just based on the fact that here's a guy who's got great leadership skills, can knock down the three, 
and is one of those dudes who's just a glue guy on a team. So that 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 definitely is a little bit of a downer. But Coach Underwood has assembled quite a roster, so I think Luke will have time to get healthy. Yeah, on that, Luke Goody, the sophomore forward from Indiana, it was a really played some key moments uh, last year, and we expect more out of him this year. Brad, what's what are you hearing right now? The prognosis after surgery of when he might be back into action. Yeah, after surgery Friday, he is, um, you know, he's expected to be out, you know, somewhere between two and three months. They don't know for sure. Um, we know here's one thing we know. We've got, um, you know, later on, we've got Adam Fletcher on, you know, but they're going to do a great job of basically getting him back healthy before they let him come back. And, but Luke wants to come back this year. I mean, that's his goal is to get back playing, you know, sometime in the next couple, two, three months before the Big Ten season. He can provide minutes down the stretch, play himself in the shape, and uh, then, you know, be ready to go when they get in the stretch run. Yeah, there's no question. And by the way, we should mention that the time is here, Friday night exhibition against Quincy. Um, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, this Illinois is not going to be tested in this. I mean, we know that. Um but, you know, as we saw some things last year with the injuries to Andre Corbello, the concussion that really derailed his season. Uh, Trent Frazier had a shoulder injury, suffered in an exhibition game, and that certainly hampered his play as well. Um, is Coach Underwood going to take a different stance on this game with the issues that he, he had last year before the season started? Well, you'll notice all the Illinois players have new uniforms with bubble wrap. Um, in there. So that's, that's what they're going with. So I, I think, you know, no matter what you're doing, there's always a chance uh, of getting hurt. And that's just one of those bad things about um, college sports. And you just hope it's not severe and, you know, and that you can be able to come back from it, you know, and you know, last year they had some injuries that maybe made it tough to come back from, but um, obviously Curbelo, you know, struggled all year. Trent Frazier battled that, you know, and, and I think he's playing better than ever now professional ranks. So I think you saw him, maybe he had to battle that in the uh, last year all the time. So that's just, uh, that's part of it. You can't not play the games just because somebody might get hurt. You got to It's how you get better. You know, Brad, once Larry gets onto the Halloween thing, now he's just trying to scare all the Illini fans as, <laughs> as they're thinking about what's going to happen with injuries. And look, the bottom line is, is, you know, the team is, has got the best, you know, uh, training staff in the country. They've got, uh, you know, Adam Fletcher. We'll talk to him later on. And if worse comes to worse, you just get a bucket of chicken from KFC and you sacrifice that to Joe Boo and everything clears up right away. <laughs> Joe Boo never fails, right? So little never rock, fails. A little, little bucket of chicken. That's right. <laughs> you know, help me now. I do it myself. I don't know what we're talking about. Uh, go look up the movie Major League for you younger uh, listeners to the show. But uh, uh, State Farm will be rocking a Friday night exhibition game. And again, the Illinois uh, taking on um, uh, Eastern Illinois. We, <laughs> Brad and I know that school very well. Uh, the Panthers on Monday the 7th. And so, again, that is right around the corner. By the way, looking ahead next week, uh, Brad Underwood will join us here on the show as well as Coleman Hawkins. So be sure to be here same place, same time next week as uh, we're going to devote a lot of time uh, as much as we can uh, to basketball, because we do have this football team that is really, really good as well. And we expect to be talking about uh, another win over Nebraska, as well as uh, getting ready for Michigan State, uh, which is next Saturday. OK, more hoops uh, coming up later on. Adam Fletcher, internationally known as Fletch, uh, plays a key role in this Illini basketball team. And as the guys mentioned, he will join us later in the show. But up next, Illini football associate head coach Kevin Kane and the massive change in this Illini locker room to go from perennial loser to one of the best 
in the nation. And it happened just like that. Sit back and get ready. The Sports Spectacular, right back after this. Really, we just worry about Nebraska. Um, uh, I think outside world always pays attention. Not to say as a head coach, you don't look at uh, things as they lay. Um, we literally started Sunday's meeting just as we would any other game or any other week. Uh, just look at the world of college football around you. It's just, it's fun to be in that position. A year ago, I didn't really do in that, uh, but we started doing that this year even before we really became someone that got talked about because I wanted them to understand what was coming. This Newsmaker segment presented by Busey Bank. That's Illini coach Brett Bielema at his presser earlier this week talking about his and the team's approach to handling the spoils of the program being ranked for the first time in 11 years. By the way, you can see that entire press conference on IlliniGuys.com. Kevin Kane is the Illini associate head coach and outside linebackers coach and joins us now. Hey, coach, welcome to the Sports Spectacular. And um, take us back to the beginning here. Uh, what has that been like from, from game one for this staff in August of last year to today? I mean, you talk about a, a just a complete 180. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, just just the vision that Coach Bielema had when he first got hired here and how he explained it to me and then the process that has been going on here since since we got here. And that's a, a word that is used quite frequently in our building is the process. And it's not just, you know, we don't expect to be at these positions by a certain time. It's just the process is this. This is what we have to do to have success. And I think our guys have really bought in starting even last year to the offseason now, to the spring ball, to summer, to now where we are at this point of the season – the guys are really enjoying the process. You know, it's not just showing up on Saturdays. It's what you have to do on Sunday and then on Monday and on Tuesday and on Wednesday. And as methodical as that might be, it's just that daily, uh, you know, one and all mentality that we're trying to instill in these guys. And and uh, our guys have bought into that process mentality. So we, we know the season isn't over, but certainly the first half has been pretty successful. Um, in your wildest dreams, did you think we would see the fighting Illini defense, number one in multiple categories nationally? Uh, yeah. I mean, come on now. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I felt, uh, you know, with, with the, 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 the overall staff in the period is, is awesome, but our defensive staff in particular, you know, we've been together now for, for going on two years. And in that first three, four months where we solidified each other and we're around each other every night and, and talking about stuff and, and as we kind of got past Virginia last year and made this transition to what we're doing, you know, we saw a lot of success in what we were, what we were doing with that, with our, with the players that we had in the package. And, you know, we just critiqued everything in the off season to how can we make this package better? Uh, and then we went through spring ball and got better and better and better. And, and our players are, are, are extremely comfortable and know what they're doing. Uh, so we had a great idea. I'm, I'm just being real. It's like, we had a good idea. We'd be pretty good on defense. And, you know, obviously, we don't want to look at any of that stuff. It's just like, hey, let's go out and do your job. We're going to be pretty successful. And our guys have just gone out there and done their job. They know the strengths. They know the weaknesses. Uh, they know what people are going to try to do to us. And, and, you know, I think we're really harping on the fundamental. We can spend more time coaching what the offense is doing rather than what we need to do. You know, and our guys are really honed into our, our their positions and, and the schemes. So let's get good at what we're going to defend rather than what we need to do. You guys are so much fun to watch. I mean, the entire team, but the defense especially. And I go back to the Iowa game where there were a couple of situations where the defense really had to step up, and you did. I mean, they, you know, again, we know Iowa's offense is, you know, not that good. Let's let's be honest. But but at the same time, they still could score. I mean, anybody can can score yeah. at the time. Shoot. And you and you kept you kept denying them. 
it seems like there is a, a confidence on this team that we certainly have not seen in a long time. And, 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 you know, and this is one I think for me, that's gratifying watching, just watching this team perform every Saturday. Um, it's just that before it was like, well, we hope we can win or we hope we can make this stop or we hope we can complete this pass. Now there's a confidence that no, no, no. Like you just said, we know what we're doing. It's not a hope. We're, we're going to go do this. There's an expectation of success that you didn't have before. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I think it stems from from the head man, Coach Bielema, to to Ryan Walters and how how they carry themselves. You know, they walk around and and, and they're pretty proud people, and, and and it stems from them all the way down into our team. And then it goes from Coach Walters to to our seniors on our defense, and and even on the offensive side of the ball. But they, they don't let the younger guys get away with certain things because they know what the standard is now. And and it starts from what Coach B has instilled in the process, and then. You know, Coach Walt has a great relationship with these guys on defense, especially, and allows them to go out there and have a, a certain confidence and swagger about them. And, you know, and everybody just feeds off of that. And, and, and this is the start of, you know, not just a one-year wonder. It's it, it, We're building this thing up to where now these young guys know what the expectations are. And, and by the time they're seniors, then they're just going to continue to teach it. So uh, it, it starts from the top, and, and guys got to believe in what we're doing. And now there's a reason to believe in it. And and I think our guys are seeing what, what's going to happen and the future is going to just going to continue to grow and, and be a, a very successful. So with the uh, the team starting off six and one and then having a bye week and five five games to kind of sprint to the finish of the season here, um, how did you use the bye week and what did you want to accomplish out of this time as we lead up to the Nebraska game? You know, I think uh, one thing is uh, we just finished halfway through the season. You know, we got to get healthy. So guys are getting little, little bumps and bruises, make sure we're taking care of themselves in that sense. And then, uh, and then we're still going to, we still need to develop our guys, you know, and, you know, a lot of guys are getting certain reps, but some guys aren't getting a ton of them. So we spent a lot of time getting those guys, a bunch of practice reps and, and individual meetings and, and just developing those guys to, to, you know, they're one play away from getting in the game. And, and that was uh, that was a bulk of our off week last week is getting guys healthy and getting the get the, the younger guys and guys that haven't played as much the reps that they need because at some point their number is going to be called and we don't know when or how but it's going to happen so we just want to make sure everybody's ready to go at that point in time. You know, I think that was one question mark going in was the depth on this team. You've lost a couple of key players, um, but unlike last year, and again, no disrespect to anyone, you've kind of jumped in with some guys who've stepped up uh, talk about one in particular. And that's Gabe Akis, the, the freshman from Florida, true freshman. Uh, mm -hmm. we should, we've talked about that, that as good as he is, I would think again, I'm not an expert that, but he doesn't even know what he's doing yet. I mean, wait until he kind of learns, you know, some yeah. techniques and things as he's so young, but my goodness, the athleticism is just amazing. Yeah, no, Gabe is, uh, Gabe is one of the uh, special talent and, and not only it's special talent, but a special person. Uh, just it's, you know, we were down down in Florida recruiting last week, and I saw his mom and just hanging out with his mom and and, and his community that he came from and the recruiting process is, is he's a product of where he came from. And it's it's love and, and hard work, and that's what he does. He loves football, and he works extremely hard, and he wants to be great. Now, he doesn't want to be good. He wants to be great. And he puts in the time on and off the field in terms of, you know, his technique. He's put it off the field in his film study and how he approaches practice. Uh, you know, he, and he's just like a, he's like a young, you know, puppy out there and, but he's going to be a, a big dog here pretty quick. I think, and, <laughs> you know, he's just going to continue to grow in this, in this package. And I think this is something that we're going to utilize his strengths. And, um, you know, he's just a fun guy to be around. You know, he wants to be really good. 
And, you know, the guys in the room that were there already have kind of helped him as far as the X's and O's and how he needs to learn. This is what they do in this package. And, you know, there's going to be a mistake here and there. But the one thing you don't have to worry about, Dave, is how hard he's going to play. And you can make up a lot of mistakes by just pure effort. And he's going to continue to grow and, 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 and be a pretty successful player here, knock on wood, and just keep going. Yeah, and that puppy's got some teeth. Um, yeah. You know, when, I, when you look at your past, you, you've been at, at SMU and, and Kansas as well. So when you go out recruiting, does, does uh, being in a different geography, you know, let's say down, I'm down here in Dallas, actually, um, does that give you an advantage when you go out onto the road and, and maybe know an area yeah. uh, outside of Illinois? Absolutely. You know, I think recruiting is all about relationships and, and the more relationship you can build and, and, and foster, the more people are, you're, are you're just going to know, you know, so. I've been able to recruit in Texas. I've been able to recruit in Florida, uh, you know, Missouri, Illinois, Wisconsin. You know, like it's a pretty broad map that you when you come think about it. And, uh, you know, it's just, you know, the recruiting is great. At the end of the day, uh, what you do on the field is going to be the best recruiter that we do. Uh, so I think, you know, we, we had to get the right people into what we believe in in our system. And, and now that we're, you know, we're showing what we can do, I think this is a, you know, we got here, you know, how sexy is Illinois? I don't know. But now <laughs> – all right, if you're if you're an outside linebacker, you know our guys got 12 sacks going into seven games. Oh shoot, man, they're 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 making some plays. What are they doing with that those guys? You know, and I think that's going to attract a lot of guys that didn't quite know about it. And then the relationships that you know me in particular have built in Texas and Florida and, and Missouri and all across the state of Illinois. You know, guys are going to look at this thing and say, oh wow, like this defense is is going to be something attractive and. Our offense is moving the ball. Guys are going to want to, you know, go come and play. You know, your offensive line pedigree that Coach B's got. I mean, everything's there to have success, and and, and we just got to continue to do what we're doing and, and bring the right people into this system. Well, again, it's fun to watch. As you know, on Line Eye Nation, not used to bowl games, not used to being eligible in October for a bowl game. Uh, <laughs> probably people listening to this who weren't even born last time uh, that happened. Uh, and, uh, and of course, you know, it's fun to see you know, what may come in the next five games. I'm not going to ask you because you're going to tell me we're only focused on Nebraska. So we will leave it at that. Uh, Coach Kane, many Thank thanks you. and uh, best of luck uh, this weekend in Lincoln. All right, Larry, Mike. Thanks guys. Appreciate all thanks. you do. Thanks, all right, coach. thanks Kevin. I, and I, uh, Illinois associate head coach and outside linebackers coach Kevin Kane here in this newsmaker segment presented by Busey Bank, proud supporter of the Fighting Illini. Illinois vying for its first six-game win streak since 2011 and its first 7-1 and start since 2001, the year of their last Big Ten title. Illini Guys football writer and analyst Matt Stevens is up next here on the Illini Guys radio network. A tradition of excellence over 150 years in the making. At Busey Bank, we're committed to building relationships that span generations. Wherever your journey in life leads you, we are with you along the way, creating a legacy for you and your family. Busey Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868, proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini, member FDIC. Hi, this is Larry Smith, proud native of Central Illinois. It's been an honor to have reported on the world's biggest sporting events for the past three decades. And as a lifelong Illini fan, it's a privilege to now be with IlliniGuys.com. My friends and I put this together with one goal in mind, to have the best Illini-centric website around. Great features, podcasts, insider stuff. I know a little something about telling athletes stories, and these guys know a lot about the Illini. It's a perfect match. Come over and check it out. IlliniGuys.com. Hello, this is John Makovich, former coach of the Fighting Illini, and I sure enjoy listening to the Illini guys on their Sports Spectacular. 
Big honor this week for Devin Witherspoon. He's been named a semifinalist for the prestigious Jim Thorpe Award given to the nation's best defensive back, one of 12 still in contention and one of three players from the Big Ten uh, on that list. So congrats to Devin and what a testament to the hard work that he's put in. Matt Stevens, IlliniGuys.com football writer and analyst is in Lincoln ahead of the Big Ten West matchup between 17th ranked Illinois and Nebraska. See what I did there? Almost put those two in the Big West, and you guys would have called me on it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Matt, unlike last week, but yeah. Uh, Matt, talked about that. Uh, nothing said at the beginning of the season that this would be a marquee matchup with division championship implications. Yeah, it would be a lot longer trip if I was going to a Big West game, right? <laughs> um, no, I, uh, yeah, I, I think that Illinois fans certainly didn't see this coming that they would be the favorite to win the Western division at this point um, in late October. I, I honestly, if on the other side of it, I don't think Nebraska fans thought that Mickey Joseph would be their head coach and they were trying to figure out how to salvage a season that hasn't gone well for them. So um, on both ends of the spectrum, I think that they've, they've both kind of, you know, kind of gone on both up a, a major upswing and a major downswing for, for the visiting team and the home team. And I think that this is a, an interesting matchup of how a football season can be a journey throughout a four month process. Is there a, is this Matt, do you think this Nebraska team brings more to the table maybe than we thought they, or when they would have under Scott Frost, just to put it out there. I mean, so is this a dangerous game for Illinois or is this a game where they should win? And it's just a matter of executing. It's a dangerous game for Illinois for one reason, Brad, and I, I keep putting this out there for anybody that asks me. I have a lot of respect for their offensive coordinator that Scott Frost actually hired this past offseason. His name is Mark Whipple. You'll you'll know if you need, if you want to know Mark Whipple was the offensive coordinator last year at Pitt with Kenny Pickett, and uh, they had a nice little receiver too who's now at Southern California who who won the Bolitnikoff Award last year, and he does a really, really – Mark does a really, really good job of, of putting his athletes in space and getting them the football. Um, he's done a really, really good job with Casey Thompson, their Nebraska quarterback this year, and he's done a really, really good job with their wide receiver, Trey Palmer, um, getting him out in space and, and basically kind of trying to score on – they were, they were going to score on every drive that they got the football a couple of weeks ago at, at Purdue. Um, they just couldn't get a stop, which seems to be the confounding issue in Nebraska is that they just can't get stops and – uh, they have the worst running defense in the Big Ten Conference, which you would think would be a great matchup for Illinois, seeing as how they still have the nation's leading rusher in Chase Brown. So um, I think that it, I think it, actually it's a weird kind of dynamic because I think Nebraska kind of wants to play a very, very um, West Coast offense type of deal um, and, and more of a uh, through the air type of deal. And I think Illinois would kind of like to play bully ball for 60 minutes. And, and that's why they think that they can win this football game. So, you know, we'll see how, which style of play kind of works out, but I'm really interested in seeing the Mark Whipple versus Ryan Walters, just chess match for 60 minutes. Do you think the, um, do you think the, the Nebraska offensive line can slow down the Illini pass rush um, to allow, you know, uh, the pat, the ball to get out to the wide receivers and are they going to be able to run? I mean, to me, that offensive line versus the defensive line, um, more than any other game, this really might determine what happens. Yeah, that's the best matchup that I think I'm looking forward to besides the Mark Whipple, Ryan Walters kind of deal, chess match, Mike, is that I call it a race. Okay, who's going to win the race? Can Illinois' pass rush get to Casey Thompson before Casey Thompson can get the ball out in space? 
Yep. And I think Ryan Walters with his odd man front and what he usually does um, with that odd man front and kind of rushes at least five, maybe six, sometimes seven guys and has no problem playing man on man in the back. Um, I think he thinks he can get there before Casey Thompson can get the ball out. And I think that they've been proven that Nebraska has had problems kind of de- defending, you know, really aggressive blitz styles. The, the call sheet for Ryan Walters isn't that, isn't that thick. You know, it's, it's, it's not that big. It's not that long. You know, it's, it's a really, really simple defensive scheme because in the back they do play man. I don't know how he's going to get away with that for the entire game because Trey Palmer is one of the best receivers in the Big Ten, and they've got to figure out a way to handle that. Um, but Ryan Walters has a lot of confidence in at least three guys, and I'll name them, Devin Witherspoon, Javar, uh, uh, Quan Martin, and then Kendall Smith. I think he feels really, really confident with playing center field out there at, at safety. They, they have some guys that they think that they can cover him with. I don't think it'll be a Devin Witherspoon all day long thing for, for Trey Palmer. Um, they're going to they're gonna hand him off to some guys. But, yeah, I think Ryan Walters needs to be able to get to Casey Thompson and get him uncomfortable, and I think he thinks he can win that race. So, Matt, talking about Nebraska's offense and defense, let's talk about first the offense because Mickey Joseph really keyed in on how he wants his team to stop scoring so quickly. Do you think that's even going to be a factor for Nebraska on offense? I think it has been since the Oklahoma game, and they've made an adjustment after the bye week. Even against Illinois? Yeah, I, I think so. I really do. And the reason is, is because like I have a lot of friends in the business that have had that have had to be defensive coaches and quite honestly, defensive coordinators for like, say, a Mike Leach head coached team. And it is their biggest concern all year is that how are we going to ha- like, how am I going to be able to do this with my defense on the field two thirds of the time? Right. And so. I do think that Nebraska is, is trying to figure out a way to kind of stretch drives out a little bit longer um, and, and keep their defense off the field as much as possible um, because they, they know that that's the Achilles heel of this team right now. There's a reason why that they're, they're last in the Big Ten and stopping the run, and it's just because the quote-unquote black shirts this year just aren't as physical as they have been in the past. And that's one of the reasons I think – you know, you saw Trev Alberts name Mickey Joseph the interim head coach because I think he's trying to create a physicality and a toughness in this team as they finish this stretch um, to salvage something. And I think that they did that against Indiana. I saw some stuff that they did against Purdue that was really, really uh, worthwhile. But the problem, the problem, guys, is that if if Jeff Brom had his way about it, he'd never run the football. And they ran for over almost 200 yards on Nebraska. Illinois would love to run the football, and I can't see them not having success on Saturday doing just that. The 3.30 Eastern kickoff on ABC, number 17, Illinois, at Nebraska. The Illini, the last one-loss team left in the West Division, uh, so they control their own destiny. If they win out, they'll make their first-ever appearance in Indy in the conference title game. Matt Stevens of IlliniGuys.com. Many thanks, and enjoy the game. Not a problem, guys. Have a good one. All right, it's Matt Stevens. Enjoy his stuff. Pre-game, post-game on IlliniGuys.com. Much more just ahead. Stay with us. You're tuned in to the Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys Radio Network. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Larry Smith, Mike Cagley, Brad Sturdy, right back at you here as we uh, look around the nation, college football. Uh, Georgia and Florida, as always, take the week off before the world's largest cocktail party. Uh, Georgia, number one. Few people talk about, really, because uh, they score so many points. My goodness, it's it's unbelievable. Uh, they're eighth in scoring offense at 41.7 points per game. But they're number two in scoring defense, giving up just uh, nine points. 
uh, a game. It's, it's, it's nuts. Big story, though, one of the big storylines out of this one, really nothing to do with the game itself in terms of the X's and O's on the field. Georgia coach Kirby Smart coming out and speaking out against playing this annual game in Jacksonville, which they've done for almost 90 years. Um, they, he wants to go back to a, a home and home on this thing to kind of help with uh, recruiting because, you know, Georgia doesn't recruit well enough. Yeah, it must be rough to recruit to Georgia and have that top five recruiting class every single year. Yeah, life's tough. Uh, you know who else has it tough on recruiting? Ohio State. Ohio State <laughs> has a rough time recruiting as well. And they're at Penn State and uh, th- this weekend. And I haven't heard Ryan Day say that he did, wanted to uh, move this game to a neutral site or anything. So he just wants to play. And um, he wants to play as much as he can, as often as he can, because his team is on a roll. They've, you know, they're going to rack up. It seems like every week it's 50 points and then it's whether or not the other, they're nice. The other team, let them score a couple, but Penn state has a solid defense and they're at home. It's going to be a, you know, it's a crazy atmosphere. So it, this is going to be a, the la, probably the last test for the Buckeyes before they face the Wolverines at the end of the season. Yeah. And I, I, I think that's going to be a great game. Tennessee is uh, going up against Kentucky. So you got number three, Tennessee versus number 19. And I think this game is all about that Tennessee offense. They've scored over 30 points every game. They've scored over 50 twice. Uh, They've scored over 60 twice. And with uh, Hendon Hooker, uh, 18 touchdown passes, one interception. I think there's a big problem waiting for the Kentucky Wildcats. Tennessee playing really, really well uh, right now. Number four, Michigan versus Michigan State. It's the annual state championship in Ann Arbor this year. Throw out their rankings, everything else. This is bragging rights for this. But on top of that, uh, both have a lot at stake. Michigan wants to remain undefeated and keep their push uh, for a possible return trip, first ever return trip to the college football playoff. The Spartans have really struggled right now. I mean, three and four and trying to find a way to kind of get back uh, into the swing of things. It'd be huge. They can knock off the Wolverines. But the Spartans going to Ann Arbor, uh, they're three touchdown underdogs right now. So a tall task ahead for Mel Tucker and the Spartans. Yeah, a team on a magical run is TCU, number seven TCU there at West Virginia. Um, How about their quarterback, Max Dugan? 19 touchdowns, one interception. So I one-upped you right there, Mike Cagley. So that guy, is uh, he's having a great year. And they go to West Virginia, though. And when you go to West Virginia, it's never easy. West Virginia is a team that's capable. Um, so this, this is like one of those tests and they're coming off the big win and West Virginia is coming off a really bad loss to Texas tech. So maybe the Mountaineers can mount a mount a rally because, but TCU, it's just been magical. They find a way to win. Yeah. And number eight, Oregon's going to be taking on Cal and Cal has lost three in a row. The season kind of started off with some optimism. Of course, Oregon got absolutely annihilated by Georgia and then has been on a six game winning streak. And it really looks like behind Bo Nix and his almost 2,000 yards of passing, I got to think that um, Oregon's going to prevail in this and uh, look to move up the rankings. Meanwhile, in the Big 12, uh, big clash, number nine, Oklahoma State at 22nd ranked Kansas State. You know, what's amazing. I've never seen so many Big 12 meaningful games, huge games without Oklahoma. But that's the kind of year it has been. Uh, OSU. Uh, coming in, they're six and one. Wildcats five and two. Uh, K State is uh, just a slight favorite, like point and a half, uh, heading into this game. We'll see if that line moves. But again, this is one with so many implications. TCU still has the tiebreak advantage because they've beaten both of these teams, the Horn Frogs, 
Um, so again, this is one uh, each team needs a win to stay in the race in the Big 12. Number 10, USC is at Arizona. And um, so I'm going to go back to those quarterback stats. Love that. Caleb Williams, 19 touchdowns, one interception. Wow. Seems like a pattern here. That's pretty good. So USC is, I mean, they're, they're playing really well. They're coming off though. Uh, as you know, you know, they're trying to get back in the win column. Um, so after a rough, rough loss to Oregon, so they've got to, they can write the ship at Arizona and they should be fine scoring against the Wildcats. Yeah. And we also have uh, wake forest going up against Louisville wake forest. Also number 10. And you're looking at a team here that really is, is built behind uh, Sam Hartman. And they've only lost to Clemson, and that was a game that went into overtime. And last week, he had five uh, passing touchdowns and one running touchdown against Boston College. I think Louisville is going to be going into a, or going to be dealing with a buzzsaw there with that Wake Forest offense on a trend upward. Last game of the uh, of the night Saturday night is uh, UCLA hosting Stanford, ten thirty p.m. kickoff on ESPN. Uh, the Bruins at six and one coming off their first loss of the season, taking on the Cardinal at three and four uh, UCLA and that outstanding offense racking up almost uh, averaging almost 500 yards a game. Uh, but the Bruins now three and one in the Pac-12 after losing at Oregon um, eighth consecutive loss to the Ducks that dropped them behind Oregon. And what a rebound they made after that uh, opening weekend shellacking they took uh, against Georgia down at the dome there in Atlanta, the Falcon stadium. So, uh, but UCLA trying to get back on track and stay in the hunt in the PAC 12. You've got a uh, Ole Miss at Texas A&M and uh, you know, Lane Kiffin has done a great job there, but they come coming off a loss and they're a two and a half point favorite at Texas A&M. Texas A&M has been kind of that team that everybody thought was going to be good this year. And they have not been good at all. They're three and four. They're struggling. Um, and, you know, they've had – there's lots of talk about transfer portals and things like that. And we've had the Saban and Jimbo Fisher rift in the offseason. And, and, you know, sometimes you get, when you walk the walk, Jimbo – or when you talk talk, Jimbo, you got to walk the walk. And he has not walked the walk this season. Yeah, and now we've got the one that I'm excited about. Number 16, Syracuse, playing is Notre Dame. And um, I always root against Notre Dame. So we've got the Syracuse coming off that uh, heartbreaking loss to Clemson, but yet they've got the better offense, the better defense. This is a big game for them because they win this game. They go up to seven and one. It really sets up a, a very good season for them and they need to beat the, the uh, Irish. And I think they've got everything they need to do that. 17th ranked Illinois is at Nebraska. The Illini six and one vying for their sixth win in a row. This is a 3.30 p.m. kickoff. Eastern time on ABC. Uh, we know what the Illini do with the rushing game, and that's what Brett Bielema, that's his bread and butter, right? I mean, uh, Chase Brown, the junior, uh, getting some uh, talk for the Doak Walker Award as a top running back, maybe even some little bit of Heisman buzz, and um, certainly he's, he's in the conversation at the moment. Leading rusher in the country, uh, 1,059 yards with only uh, four touchdowns. But, you know, one of the offensive players that hasn't been talked about is the quarterback Tommy DeVito, the sophomore uh, from Syracuse. Um, very nice season, uh, 1,415 yards, 10 touchdowns, only two interceptions. And he's got quite a few rushing touchdowns as well. DeVito, uh, four to tie for the team lead with Brown. And so this is, um, you know, an Illinois favorite in this game. And they're a touchdown favorite going in, trying to get the win and get into November as a team that again, controls their own destiny. If they can uh, win out, they will win the West division in the big 10. Yeah. If Illinois wins out and, but even if Illinois loses to Michigan, then they get to play Ohio State, and then they 
to have three losses to Michigan, Ohio State, Indiana, just what you expect. So um, since <laughs> next game, Cincinnati and UCF, this is a really good game. Um, kind of under the radar. UCF's five and two, Cincinnati six and one. Uh, UCF is actually a one-point favorite over number 20 Cincinnati in this one. And I think, again, this is a game where it's going to come down to which defense can can do a, do enough to slow down the offense, which get those interceptions, get the turnovers, and they'll have a chance to win this game. I, you know, I like, I actually like UCF to, to pull off the, uh, it's semi upset here at home. Yes. The favorite pulling off the upset, but yes, I understand. <laughs> I understand where you're coming from. Uh, number 21, uh, North Carolina taking on Pitt. This looks like a really good game. Drake may who has over 2000 yards passing 24 TDs, three interceptions. He has really been on a roll. Uh, the only loss to North Carolina uh, that they have is to Notre Dame. Really, all they have to do with Pitt is just stop Israel Abakananda, who has 959 yards rushing. So he's actually fourth on the list. If he if they can slow him down a little bit and and not allow Pitt to control the ball, I think uh, May and the UNC offense will have their way with Pitt. Meanwhile, South Carolina command number 25 this week, the first time in the AP poll since 2018. And uh, they're trying to get their winning streak up to four games. That's the longest since 2013. They are at Missouri and uh, the Gamecocks, the early slight favorites uh, in that one. Well, stay with us. We pay some bills and then the conversation continues up next. Join BigSportsRadio.com and get a chance to win cash each week. BigSportsRadio.com keeps you in the know with the latest news of your favorite Big Ten teams and gives you five chances each week to win a $100 cash prize. Sign up today for free at BigSportsRadio.com. Time now for our Game Changers segment presented by OSF Healthcare. You know, I've been doing this a really long time, and I can't remember a strength and conditioning coach having as big an impact on not just the current players and team, but on future players, recruits coming to Illinois because of Fletch. I mean, he is more valuable than Chevy Chase or John Hamm will ever be, at least in our book. Adam Fletcher of Illini Basketball joining us now. Uh, Fletch, I know we've been talking, I think, since like last Christmas about having you on, and we're glad that our schedules finally matched up to spend a few minutes with you. Welcome to the Sports Spectacular. And let me start with this. Um, what do you think when, when you hear players say, yeah, I'm going to Illinois, and it's because of Fletch? Well, we... <laughs> Yeah, there's there's obviously a lot of reasons why guys choose choose to come, uh, you know, to be a part of of the program that Coach Underwood's built, and uh, you know, very happy to be you know on a, on a list of a lot of great things that we have to offer, and um, that's one of the things that we continue to try to push and and develop is is how can we be you know the most appealing to to a young athlete, uh, you know, to to want to come and and continue their their playing career and develop themselves and give themselves a chance to move on. And uh, very fortunate that I've, I've had a couple guys say nice things about, about the way we present and, and kind of show them, you know, where they are and, and where we intend to take them along this journey and the time that they'll be with us. So uh, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's great that, that they say nice things and very fortunate to have a great group of coaching staff to work with that, you know, puts me in a position to be able to recruit to these kids. Fletch, you have a, obviously a, a very good reputation in this, but I, I think sometimes it, the proof is like what you put out and you've, you've got the, the guys there the, that you've seen. And 
how rewarding is it when you see a guy, let's say like an Io DeSumo, and you see the way he changed his body and how he was able to develop, and now you see him being successful in the NBA? Yeah, I mean, obviously that's that's every every one of these guys' dream uh, is, is to come here and advance and, and become an NBA basketball player. Um, and, you know, it's there's a lot of things that go into that. And, and obviously, you know, developing your body physically, maintaining good health, um, are a big part of that. And it's, 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 it's the ultimate reward. It's, uh, you know, I was putting in time with, with one of our, one of our athletes today and, you know, the days are long and, and, and the years go by fast, but it's, uh, I was, I was having the conversation with another coworker and I said, man, you know, I really hope that all this pays off for this kid. Um, because that, that's ultimately what we do it for. That's what we do it for as coaches, um, is, is to give these guys a chance to move forward and, and, make a career out of, of what they love to do. How much do you adjust your plan when you're working with a guy? Let's, let's take IO, you know, do you, do you, do he kind of go along a path that you pretty much anticipated from day one, or did you have to make tweaks and move things around based on his progress and what you learned about him? It's always that, that is the, the target is forever moving. Um, and that goes day to day, week to week, uh, obviously, you know, year to year. And I, I think I just spoke to it. The days are long and, and the time flies, but, you know, each day it moves a little bit. Uh, we've got enough sports tech now that we can kind of see how a guy's moving day to day. Um, we may, we may make an adjustment tomorrow for one of our athletes, depending on what we see on our force plate data, for example. Um, so that, that, that stuff's always changing. We're, we may make an adjustment to tomorrow's lift. Um, you know, one, we've got a game on Friday, so we're going to change the lift. And uh, based off of the data that we collected today from how long practice was, how intense practice was, uh, those are just examples. But we're constantly changing um, kind of the day-to-day, but we always have the end goal in mind. And we're never going to push a day or, or try to get something out of a guy on one day um, if we know that they're not physically ready or capable. And Again, very fortunate to work at a place where they've given me tools uh, to kind of assess guys every day and make sure that they are feeling good, moving well, and, and are ready to go. And if they are, then we're going to have a good training day. Uh, and if they're not, then we're going to back off. We may do uh, – I'm a licensed massage therapist. We may do more massage that day. We may we did you know, more movement. It's Again, it's constantly changing, um, and that's that's my job, you know, is to make sure that we're – moving that target, but also have an idea of where we're going at the end of the road. Talking with Illinois basketball strength and conditioning coach, Adam Fletcher here on the game changer segment presented by OSF healthcare. Now I have, I have not seen uh, all the, the new uh, facilities are at oven. So I'm going to let the other guys ask this, but I do want to get to, I don't want you to give away the secret sauce, but one of the cool things to look at every fall is a transformation that guys make when they first come on campus, like early June. And then 90 days later, how their body has really changed. So um, again, I, I, I want you to, you know, I mean, all, we all would love to take notes because we all could, you know, <laughs> be honest, we, we all could use some uh, toning up <clears throat> to be, to be put it mildly, but what is it that, that you kind of take on with each one of these guys to, to transform their bodies really before the preseason even begins? Yeah, it's uh, again, and, 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 I, and I know I keep saying this, but it's true. And it's the resources that we're able to work with. Um, you know, if I, I believe that if, if every person had the resources that our guys 
are able to work with every day. Uh, we've got a full-time registered dietitian in Palmer Johnson who does an unbelievable job in, in meal planning and making sure that, you know, the guys know what they need to eat. Uh, a lot of times I'm there in the room with them, kind of follow through with that, right? It's one thing to know what you're supposed to eat. Uh, and then it's another thing to actually execute what you're supposed to eat. We all know, we all know what's right. Uh, but when we're making that decision, sometimes it's easy to get off. And um, we've got a great base of support in Palmer who, who really dials in. This is what this guy should eat. Uh, he's the registered dietitian. He's the professional in that area. Uh, and then he and I work together in, in executing that plan. Um, so I want to start with nutrition because that's number one. If we don't eat the right way uh, or the right amount uh, at the right time, then we're not going to be able to make these body composition changes. And then you build that in with, you know, the intensity of practice that Coach Underwood runs. Um, and, and then obviously you know, executing a correct exercise plan, uh, you know, that's how these composition changes happen. And it's, it's again, it's an everyday process. Um, and, and, you know, we don't ever get lost in one day, but we don't get lost and make sure that we, that we don't run out of a week. And uh, so some, some days I say that to say a guy may make a mistake. Uh, but we're not going to lose our vision because of one mistake that's made. I think it's, again, it's a process. It's over time. It's learning their body. It's falling in love with it. And, and we have a unique way of, of getting our guys to really embrace that. And I think that's what's led to the success in the body composition changes that, you know, people have seen. So, so Mike, Mike eats a lot of pizza. That's probably not the, the, the dinner that you're having for every meal for these guys. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. But again, like, you know, we get, we get on these recruiting presentations and, and like, I, I'll admit like guys, I'm not a robot either. You know, if, if there's a cinnamon roll breakfast from time to time, I'm going to have a cinnamon roll. Right. I, mean, I think it's, I think it's important to have balance. I think oftentimes you can lose a guy early if you're trying to force something on them that's completely new. And the way that we go about it is, is getting them to understand how how it will help their body long-term, but in, in the immediate and just in terms of fueling. But that part is really, really important. And it's a touchy subject in how you get an 18, 19, 20 year old kid to buy into eating that way consistently. Fletch, is there a, so I guess it following up there is what's the hardest part. Maybe that is it. What's the hardest part when, when you have these kids, is it to get them to be in the weight room? Is it the, um, is it losing maybe some fat for some of them? Is it gaining muscle for some of them? Or is it the dietitian part, part of it? What's the hardest part? Honestly, the hardest part is, 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 and I talk about it all the time. We call it the other 23. They're with me for an hour. And that hour is really, really important. If we can't touch them in a way that make them fall in love with it, then the other 23 is going to be so bad that it won't even matter what we did in that hour. Um, so it's our job as educators to help them understand within that hour, why they need to continue that out throughout the rest of their day, whether that's hydration, sleep, eating the right things, right. It's, it's recovery work. There's so much that goes into that other 23 and, and it's, it's our job again, to get them to fall in love with it. And each guy's different. I can't answer that and say what we did for IO was one thing, how we got Kofi to lose weight was another way what we're doing for sincere right now, everyone is different. Um, and I think that's important for them. They know that, that it's different. It is individualized. 
what we did for Sky is completely different than what we're doing for Ty Rogers. And uh, so, you know, each guy gets a different plan. Uh, it allows them to take ownership of it. Um, and, you know, how we got Kofi to lose weight is completely different than how we got Dane Danger to lose weight. It's just, again, each body's made up differently, and it's, it's our job to kind of help them understand what's going to work for them. One of the things you brought up there that was interesting was the re word recovery. And when we took the tour, um, Josh talked about, you know, he's roughly a little bit younger than I am, but he talked about how recovery was what was really worked on nowadays that was different from his time as an athlete. What different goes into workouts, uh, you know, to help recovery that, that maybe people don't even realize is going on? Yeah, it's we have a say in our program, work hard, recover harder. Um, I, for us, we're going to practice hard. We're going to play hard. We're going to, you know, I think the, the proof is in the product that we put out on the floor with coach Underwood. Um, if you think about a coach Underwood team, you think about a team that's going to play hard, right. And, and it's going to be a relentless pursuit. And I don't think that just speaking to that matters because I think, again, when you see the product, you understand that it's happening. The other side of that is the recovery. And for us to be able to do that every single day, we do have to recover harder. Uh, it's, it is, it's more important that these guys are taking care of their bodies, again, that other 23, uh, than what may be happening in that moment. Sturdy put on the Illini guys message boards uh, some of your video from your playing days as a Red Hawk for Miami University in Ohio. <laughs> and so uh, we, we all admitted you, you got a bit of game and you never talk about that. But here's the thing. Uh, was Fletch the player? Would he have listened to Fletch the coach back in the day? It's so funny. Uh, so yeah, I honestly, yes, because I was always trying to figure out a way to get healthy. If you saw the video, you, you, you probably realized that I had two knee braces an ankle brace. <laughs> I was probably wearing an elbow pad, uh, a headband. Who knows? They, they taped, they basically taped me together and put me on the floor every night. So uh, I would have loved to have known some advances in, in, in the recovery area. Uh, I, I'm out of time. I got to squeeze in one more. We've got the story, of course, of Luke Goody. We've heard about that surgery. Um, do you already have a plan together of, of how you'll work with him um, and get that's, him back on the court? Yeah, that's that. We, I had him in the weight room today with me. Um, there's going to be a plan there in place. Uh, again, it was, it was a bone injury. And, and like I said, those, those are hard to, hard to limit. And, but, I, I believe that, you know, with our process, we know, we know what he used to jump like. So, you know, I can guarantee you one thing. We won't bring him back until we know he's back to what he used to be. Yeah. Well, we know that the program's in, in good hands uh, with you. Fletch, thanks again for so much for your time. We can't wait to see you back on the sidelines here uh, this season uh, very shortly. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk to you yeah. soon. Absolutely. Thank you. All right, Fletch, Thanks, Adam Fletcher. He's the strength and conditioning coach for Illinois basketball on this segment presented by OSF Healthcare. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys radio network. Slow down, they say. You're getting older. Relax. Seriously, you're on a mission. You've got places to go, grandkids to see. At OSF Healthcare, we want you to be the best you possible, whoever you are, wherever you're going, whatever your mission is, we're here to support it. Because that's our mission. Your life, our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org slash your way. At Busey Bank, we understand you have a vision for your future 
and we're committed to helping you achieve your dreams. Since 1868, we've invested in recruiting and retaining the best and brightest associates. UC's unique culture is one that values and supports you, provides opportunities for growth, and is much more than a job. It's a career. Build relationships, build community, and build your career at UC Bank. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Hour number two, Larry Smith, Mike Kenkley, Brad Sturdy, as we take a closer look at the Big Ten slate of football games this week. And, um, you know, let's start in the East. You know, you can go through the entire season, and it seems like every single year, uh, it's all, it always comes down to the same two teams. It does. Uh, and, you know, when you look at this, we look at this, uh, you know, this week we've got, it's always Michigan, Ohio state, but this week we'd actually have a game that might be decent. Maybe, maybe Ohio state has to play a, somebody decent. And that's this week. It's Penn state. They get to go into the Lions and Penn state. Here's the scary part about this game. Illinois or uh, Ohio state is seven and zero. Penn state six and one. And you've got a 15 and a half point spread at Penn state. That tells you how dominate the, dominant the Buckeyes have been. They're giving up under 15 points a game, and they're scoring uh, over 40 points a game. So they've been just completely dominant. But Penn State, um, you know, outside of the Michigan game, has been pretty good as well, coming off a big win over um, Minnesota. So this is going to be a this should be a fun fun matchup. Yeah, and and of course you've got Michigan against Michigan State this week as well. That is one that is a, a rivalry game. So you kind of go to the, well, you never know what's going to happen. At the same time, um, Michigan State has lost four out of their last five, but they beat Wisconsin last week. They're feeling good about how things are going. And, of course, you've got uh, the Wolverines who are just in unbelievable form after beating Penn State 41 to 17 last week in a game that was not as close as the 41 to 17 score would indicate. I think this is a, a real opportunity for Jim Harbaugh to kind of take care of the recruiting battles against Michigan State. And I think this is going to be a game that that Michigan defense, which uh, does very well at getting teams off the field, uh, stopping more drives than any other uh, uh a team in the country. I think this is going to be a time for them to flex their muscles and send another message to Ohio state that um, there's two of us that have to tango come Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, in the West, it is Illinois sitting all by themselves, a 17th ranked Illini at Nebraska on Saturday. Uh, the Cornhuskers, uh, you know, the, the terrible start under Scott Frost. And of course we talked about uh, if he could have gotten to October 1st, uh, his buyout would have been cut in half, only seven and a half million. Instead, they paid him an extra seven and a half million, 15 million to get out right then. Mickey Joseph has come in. Um, they had the blowout loss at home against Oklahoma, fired their defensive coordinator. And since then, they've kind of settled down just a little bit. But a big test here is uh, Nebraska is at home, but they're an underdog. Um, but maybe a little confident in this one for the Huskers as they just won their first road game in almost two years and got consecutive league wins. Uh, for the first time since 2018. So Nebraska on a bit of a high, Illinois trying to get their sixth win of the year, sixth straight win this year. Yeah, you know, the Illini defense kind of uh, has been, you know, really good. And I think we saw that when they played Minnesota, that kind of showed that maybe they're legit. And Minnesota's kind of fallen on hard times. We thought Minnesota was going to be a legit 
like Big Ten West title contender. Now they're four and three, kind of struggling, falling by the you know falling behind in, in the division. But they get a chance to get healthy when they play Rutgers. They're a fifteen point favorite. Um, and and Rutgers, I, I oddly, I, I don't think Rutgers is a bad football team. Um, they are four and three as well, but they just don't seem to have the horses to compete with the teams in the top of the Big Ten conferences, even or or the teams in the middle of the Big Ten conference in this case. <laughs> so Minnesota, you know, I, I think they need this win and I, they'll get it um, at home um, to get to five and three. Speaking of needing to get a win, that would pretty much be both Northwestern and Iowa in, <laughs> in this matchup. And Iowa has one of the worst offenses that we've seen in years, averaging a whopping 14 points a game. But Northwestern is only averaging 18 and a half points a game. So it's not like you're going to be looking at this big difference in offensive capabilities. But Iowa's defense is still in the top 10 in the country, and Northwestern's is not. So I am expecting to see um, (laughs) Iowa strangle Northwestern. It may not be fun football to watch, but I think the Hawkeye fans are going to get their fourth win to bring them up to four and four this year. And as rough as this year has been, they still have a, a pathway to making it to a bowl. (laughs) <laughs> as crazy as that is. Hey, you know, one sport that uh, Northwestern is really good in is women's soccer. Uh, they were leading the Big Ten until last uh, Sunday, the last day of the regular season. Um, they lost the top seed to Michigan State, the Spartans winning their first ever regular season championship in the Big Ten. So they go in as the number one seed. Four matches all on campus sites coming up uh, on Sunday. Michigan State is home against uh, the eighth seed, uh, Minnesota uh, Golden Gophers, uh, Northwestern settles for the two seed. They're taking on number seven Rutgers. Uh, Rutgers uh, had a school record nine and zero start at one point, um, and yet uh, they fall down only to a seven seed. That's just how competitive the Big Ten has been this year in women's soccer. Wisconsin, the three seed, home to Penn State. Nebraska, the four seed, at home to uh, the Buckeyes at uh, number five. How about in volleyball? Speaking of Nebraska, um, they are now number one in the country. They've been kind of sitting back, uh, kind of waiting to get in. They couldn't get past uh, Texas. They finally get up their number one. And Mike, you were saying something interesting about the Huskers as they vie for a national title and try to uh, knock off conference foe uh, Wisconsin uh, off that perch as the defending champion. Yeah, if they were, there is a there is a chance. A lot of pieces have to line up exactly on the chessboard correctly, but there's a chance that they could go into the postseason and not have to leave the state of Nebraska and win a national title. So that's kind of like the way Kentucky used to win them in basketball. Pretty pretty neat deal. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so a lot of fun, a lot of stuff going on all around the Big Ten. Stay with us. Much more to come after this. You're tuned in to the Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys Radio Network. When life gets hectic, you need healthcare that's easy. You need OSF On-Call Urgent Care. With OSF On-Call Urgent Care, we make it easy to get affordable, quick, convenient care for minor illnesses and injuries when and where you need it. Walk in for care 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day, even on holidays. 24-7, 365 virtual care options means we're always on, just like you. Visit osfoncall.org slash urgent care to find a clinic near you or to start a virtual visit. He is the true jack of all trades. Tim Sinclair serves as a public address announcer for Illinois Fighting Illini Basketball, Chicago Bulls, Chicago Bears, Chicago Fire, and uh, he's about to become uh, the PA guy for the Big Ten title game 
in Indianapolis in December. Uh, also, is on the last three NBA 2K video games, and uh, he also has a, a podcast platform. So um, he's a busy guy. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> Tim Sinclair, good to have you back on the show. Uh, do you have like a giant calendar at, at home to, to keep track of it all? Well, it's not giant, but I do use my Google Calendar on my phone uh, religiously because yeah. otherwise – with not only so much going on, but in some cases in different cities, I've got to make sure I'm in the right place at the right time early enough to make, you know, rehearsals and things like that. So it can get a little complicated. So it's good to have you on, Tim. Um, most of the time I'm outnumbered by Eastern Illinois grads with, um, you know, Brad and uh, Larry picking on me, but it's good to have a fellow Muhammad Seymour grad here. Um <laughs> Uh, the the question that I have is, you know, with with all the things that you do, how does somebody get positioned to be on a video game as big as NBA 2K? Well, they decided to try to make the game as real as they possibly could. And, you know, all these big video game companies are looking for the leg up right on, on the other ones who are doing it, whether it's Madden or 2K or whatever. And so 2K decided, what if we made every arena look like the home arena? They've been doing that for a while. And then what if we made every arena sound like the home arena too? And so they reached out to uh, a lot of the NBA PA guys and said, hey, would you be interested in coming to Los Angeles, recording, trying to get everything together so that we can make it not only look, but sound and feel like your home arena? And of course, uh, I jumped at that opportunity and started in uh 2k 22 which you know we were recording in march of 21 for that and uh i'm getting ready to go do it for my third time here very very soon and it's been an absolute blast that is it's so cool and and as i mentioned last year um secretly i am so envious because i just i just think that what you're doing is fantastic i'm somebody and mike is the same way we can't sit still like we can't just do one job and go home and read a book i mean we you know we do like we're like energizer bunnies. Um, and I think of, of, of my days when I was at CNN and I was always on the run always. So uh, I just think this is, is, is so cool. I got to ask, do you have a favorite of all of these? I feel like it's kind of like choosing your favorite kid. It's really hard to answer that question. I played basketball in high school and that's kind of always been the sport that I felt I personally was best at and knew the most about and, and I do a lot of basketball now between Illinois basketball and the Bulls. I'm at arenas all the time watching games. And I do enjoy being courtside. That That's really the only event that you do that you're right there in the middle of all the action. You know, doing the Bears, you're way up in the press box or the fire, same thing. Uh, and, and that's fun. You could kind of watch it all happen in front of you. But basketball, you're a part of the experience of the crowd going crazy and the players are sitting, you know, three feet or less from you at times. So I enjoyed the atmosphere of basketball, but, but each one is a different challenge. And uh, I will have to say, I do love them all equally. <laughs> now, you know, of course, um, Illini fans greatly enjoy IO. Um, he's been a, a real positive when he was at the university and even after he's left, um, what type of interactions have you had with him and, and what are you thinking of his play? Uh, most of my interactions actually have been with his family. His mom, when he left 
Illinois to to go to the NBA sent me a message and said, "Hey, could you record Io's three point call from from Illinois? We just want to have it for posterity." And so, of course, I did that for her and sent it. Neither of us having any idea that he was going to get drafted by the Bulls, and I was going to get yep. to do it, you know, multiple times a game uh, for uh, so far the duration of his career. And so um, that's been a whole lot of fun. You know, we'll see each other or say hi, fist bump every once in a while. Uh, Malcolm Hill uh, being on the Bulls, yes. it's been the same way. You know, he and I were just talking Illinois football the other day, and he always comes over and we we chat Illini stuff. So that's been a lot of fun. As for Io's play. I feel like in many ways he fell into just the perfect situation. Not only did he get drafted by his hometown team and get to stay home with his friends and family, but he fell into a, a year that was plagued by COVID and injuries uh, with the Bulls. And so he got a whole lot more playing time than he would have otherwise, because whether it was Lonzo Ball or Alex Caruso, somebody was always out. And, and this year has been the same with Lonzo being out for the foreseeable future, um, he, as he has every step along the way, has risen to the occasion and lived up to the hype and the expectations, and I could not be happier for him. You know, and it's funny that, because we've said the same thing, um, I love to see the, the the redrafts like a year later, two years later, and I forget which national outlet did their redraft after the season, and Isle no longer was a second-round pick, but he was a lottery pick. And yeah. we, on, on the show, were like, yeah, I mean, we, we 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 couldn't understand why how he fell off the grid and the you know let's see you you want it, you're going to pick a young player no disrespect to other players but you're picking a young guy you hope will develop in the X well Io stayed in school and has already developed in the X so you can get a guy who might do this in year three or a guy who can do it on day one and that's what the Bulls got you're right he's about to get paid because his you know as you know it's a two year contract and he's up at the end of the season and um and he'll be getting a lot of money. I, I sure hope so, and I hope it's from the Bulls, selfishly speaking. I compare it a lot to – I've been collecting sports cards with my boys. It's kind of a thing we do together. And uh, the card market is similar to the draft market. Like, everybody wants the cards from the rookies that have all this potential, and they're worth the most for, you know, Bones Highland is this – you know, whatever, whoever it is. And you go, Why? Because this guy's so much better. Why is his card not more valuable? But everybody has it in their head that this potential, you know, that's what they want. And the draft is the same way. And sometimes it works out. But in the case of uh, Io, it was really positive for the Bulls that uh, he slid and they got to all that realized potential later on. Yeah. And um, the interesting thing is, is as you watch this season, have you noticed um it looks to me like he's really added some reliability to his jump shot. It seems like every year he goes out with a checklist of what he's going to improve on. And then he has the discipline to actually do that. Yeah. I mean, I think if you look at a lot of players who are trying to get more playing time, they've got to go, what makes me valuable on the court and if there's only most irreplaceable in, in that lineup. And so he went out, he put on some muscle, uh, put on a little bit of weight and worked on that jump shot. And so far, so good. It has paid dividends and uh, he is one not hesitant in taking the shot and it has really proved to be pretty reliable, which has been great to see. Talking with Tim Sinclair here, who is the uh, PA 
uh, announcer for a, a host of teams. Uh, but you mentioned uh, not just that and the video games. You've got another thing that you started um, that's, that's kind of taken off. Uh, this uh, a podcast uh, platform. Tell us more about that. Yeah, it's called Stump Sports. Uh, it's an app on iOS and Android. And the idea is for, one, consumers to consume sports content that's created by regular podcasters, but also people who are just more fans who want to talk about sports and don't necessarily want to create their own podcast and pay for all the things that have to go with that. It's just a social media network that they can record their voice or record with their friends about anything sports-wise, and then you can search based on your favorite teams, cities, leagues, sports, etc. Um, I have a podcast that I've put on there that's a little more in-depth than most, uh, has pretty highly produced, but a lot of the content is just one, two, three, four people talking about their favorite sports. And quite honestly, my favorite podcasts now that I listen to are on the Stump Sports app from people who had never done it before, but just decided, hey, this is a really fun, free, easy way for us to talk about our favorite team. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing uh, where it goes. But it's in the infancy, but uh, thousands are there already and uh, certainly would love to have more. Check it out. Yeah, and when you um, when people do that, they don't have to have all of the uh, bells and whistles that you can put into a podcast. So, so literally just your average sports fan could do their own podcast and get it out there for others to listen to. Yeah. All you need is your phone. You record using the mic on your phone, which by the way is great. The only reason people think phones sound bad is because of the transmission of the audio. That's where all the degradation happens. The mics and the phones are good. And so we've figured out a way to record everybody separately on their phone. So if you're talking with two or three friends, you're all going to sound great. It gets pieced together. You don't have to have a, uh, a host. You don't have to upload to YouTube or iTunes or Spotify. You don't have to uh, have an RSS feed. All that stuff that freaks people out when it comes to starting a podcast and costs some money usually, uh, you don't have here. It's It works just like Instagram, just like Twitter, but it's using audio instead. And so you were telling us here in the break before we came on that you started this a few years ago, but you've kind of ramped things up lately. Is that correct? Yeah, I actually started a company in 2014 called Ringer, which was just designed to get high quality audio for podcasts and broadcasts. And while that is still going, we've used our patented technology to try to make audio social. We we feel like that's really been a not an untapped market, but it's a growing market now where people don't necessarily want to get in front of cameras. They want to consume and create content from their car, from Starbucks, from their basement, you know, on the go. And this is a great way to do that. So we took what we had developed for Ringer and are turning it into a free social podcasting platform that's specifically designed for sports fans. And uh, that's going to grow and increase rapidly in the coming weeks and months. But uh, we're thrilled with where we are. Yeah, that's excellent. And then I'm assuming that you have like the full full gamut of people talking college sports, NBA, NFL, even even into the boxing, UFC and WWEs of the world. Our goal is to include all of it and if you know eventually everything will be broken down by sport league city team. So okay. if you're talking about the Bulls for example, um all you have to do is search Chicago Bulls and everything that Anybody has recorded about the Bulls will show up and you can listen to those in succession um, all the way through your feed. Um, or if you want to talk about the Bulls 
Celtics game from last week. You can find that game and hear exactly what people had to say specifically about that game. So it's micro and macro, and um, we're we're really thrilled with with the direction it's headed. Uh, but obviously, these things take time and take money to create, and uh, we're we're kind of in the middle of that right now. But can't wait to have people try it. I, I've got a, a two questions here. Number one, when do you sleep? Number two, um, how forgive? I'm assuming you're married. How how forgiving is your wife? Um. <laughs> yeah, I you know it depends on the week in terms of when I sleep. Um, usually, it's not bad. I just I work late uh, a lot of nights because yeah. of you know that's just when when games are. Um, my my girlfriend and her two kids and my two boys are all very understanding. And so, um, I, I mean, going in, I was like, look, my schedule is not normal. I have a place in Champaign and a place in Chicago. Sometimes I have to be in one place. Sometimes I have to be in another. And as long as everybody's cool with me being where I need to be when I need to be there, um, then, then we're great. And man, Sarah's been amazing. Uh, the kids are, you know, my boys especially are older uh, and they're sports fans. So we've had so many experiences that most dads and kids never get to have just because they get to come sit in the 100 level for Bulls games. They sit in the press box for fire games or behind the scorers table at Illini basketball. And it's it's just been tremendous. And I wouldn't trade it for the world. Yeah, that is, that is fantastic. I know uh, uh, I got a lot of abuse uh, for sitting behind the scorers table. Um, I had a couple of friends who would circle me and then wonder how the fat dude got behind the, got behind the scorers bench from TV shots. So that was really uh, good, but I've got to admit getting a chance to interact with your kids like that and create those memories has to be uh, something that, that takes your, your job, which is a great job to begin with up to maybe a different level. Yeah. The, the job itself, it, it, it's incredible. Like I, I, I pinch myself every day with, with what I get to do. And I know I'm lucky and I know I kind of was in the right place at the right time and uh, did the work to get the job, but also feel very fortunate for uh, how it all came together. Uh, but the, the family part, the experiences part, I tell my boys all the time, experiences over things and, and we're going to have things, we're going to buy stuff but I want to spend most of our energy and most of our time and most of our money on doing things together that we will remember far longer than any of those things uh, stick around. And whether it's been soccer or football or basketball, uh, they, they got to go to part of the all-star game in Chicago a couple of years ago. Uh, those are things they still talk about. Um, and, and I know will forever and ever they've met some of their favorite players and um don't tell anybody that I do it for free, but you know, <laughs> those kinds of things make you want to. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, I know I, i still have a video with my kids in the CNN headline news studio, like reading off prompter during a, during a break on a weekend. And they were, you know, she was three and he was two. And to your point, they've grown up in that grown up in press boxes and, and, you know, it's a uh, great, you, we get lucky, we get good seats uh, a lot of times. So it's, that's very cool. Hey, Tim, we really want to uh, one, thank you for your time and uh, wish you the best with this again, everyone uh, stump sports, definitely check this out. It's a, it's a different approach. Um, and, and I know I'm someone, you know, Mike's the podcast guy. I dabble occasionally, but this is one I think that I'll, I'll be, because you're right. You can kind of dial it up and, and pick by genre. It sounds like, and, and um, really hone into something that really interests you. We appreciate your time. Uh, good luck getting sleep and, uh, you know, good luck. And we'll talk to you again soon. 
I appreciate it. Can't wait to be on. Thanks for having me. All right. That's Tim Sinclair. He's the jack of many trains, as we said at the beginning. Tim, thanks again. We'll talk to you soon. More to come after this time out. Keep it here. At Busey Wealth Management, we're proud to partner with individuals, families, and foundations, ensuring possibilities become achievements. From preserving and enhancing your assets to securing your legacy for future generations, we're focused on your success. Busey Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini, member FDIC. For 25 years, ABC7 political reporter Charles Thomas gave you the straight news. Now, he's giving you real talk on the governor's race. Darren Bailey, I met the man. He's a family farmer. Somebody who understands what it's like to go to work every day. Somebody who's fair-minded. I can trust this guy. I can trust this guy. Yeah, farmer from Southern Illinois. Yeah, yeah, farmer from Southern Illinois. Paid for by people who play by the rules pack. Slow down, they say. You're getting older. Relax. Seriously, you're on a mission. You've got places to go, grandkids to see. At OSF Healthcare, we want you to be the best you possible, whoever you are, wherever you're going, whatever your mission is. We're here to support it because that's our mission. Your life, our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org slash your way. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys radio network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Brad, we talked to Barry about the relationship with him and Tommy. He said it was an arranged marriage that's worked out pretty well. Um, what, what, what is you say? Great way to phrase it. Yeah, like, I, I mean, that's obviously a different dynamic. Usually it's OC, bringing a quarterback, but it was obviously a different timing. How have you seen them? Why does the partnership work for Well, them? I think you guys know me well enough by now to know that probably there was a lot more thought in it than, right. than the outside world, right? Um, uh, at, at some point I knew um, transition was going to happen, and at that point I also probably knew the direction that I was strongly leaning. Um, uh, there was a reason that we kind of recruited the way we did in December and put things in place. Uh, uh, I give a lot of credit to Tommy to being open to it because really at the time there were some people flirting with him that uh, could have been options that maybe looked a little sexier, a little better at that time and he just stayed the course with us. I think his dad was a tremendous impact. Uh, his mom and dad both, I think he lies, relies on them quite a bit and uh, when I went in there I think they realized the sincerity and the honesty and the approach and, and what I thought we could deliver. Um, uh, you know, So there's just a lot of positives I think uh, showed faith uh, Tommy and us before it was real which I think is why now when things begin to happen, it's probably ingrained that even more. And to be quite honest, when there was a, a bump in the road, his faith, his trust, um, like all these comments that he keeps saying to you guys were, I know what we're doing, I know how it's working. Uh, he works with Barry on a daily basis and those other guys around him. 17th ranked Illinois at Nebraska, 3.30 Eastern time kickoff on ABC. Joining us with more on the Big Ten West matchup is Robin Washett, senior writer for HuskerOnline.com. Robin, welcome back to the show. Certainly things have changed since last time we talked a few weeks ago. Uh, that was on the heels of the school firing Scott Frost after that one and three start. Uh, the Huskers now in two and two under interim coach Mickey Joseph. Yes, things have definitely changed to where uh, coming off that firing decision and even a week later um, after the blowout loss to Oklahoma, uh, it looked like this thing had completely fallen off the rails and you, know, you were just trying to get through the rest of the season uh, without as little damage as possible. Now here they are, uh, like you said, got two two wins. Um, you know, played Purdue down to the wire. 
uh, to where, you know, I mean, it's still an uphill battle over these next five games, but um, you know, I think your, your projection on what is actually attainable certainly has changed a lot um, to where Mickey Joseph and, and the staff his interim uh, defensive coordinator, Bill Bush, and uh, the rest of the coaches have, have really done a impressive job of keeping this thing together to where they, they still have a chance. And um, that's a real credit to them. It's credit to the players uh, to where they were at a point where they could have easily just cashed it in and, uh, you know, already looked to the transfer portal and all that stuff, but uh, they decided to stick with it. And, you know, now they got a real opportunity where um, it's going to be an uphill battle uh, starting this week with, with Illinois coming to town, but, um, you know, with with that challenge comes opportunity and we'll see what they're able to do with it. Um, because they are able to, to get a couple of these. One, they could be in prime position going to that finale against Iowa uh, with a chance to go to a bowl game for the first time since 2016. If they do that, um, given the metrics that came out, uh, that USA Today's lawsuit forced out of Nebraska where six wins in a bowl game was the, the standard for Scott Frost, what if Mickey Joseph does that? Does that change the conversation about his place in this coaching search so um if nothing else no shortage of intrigue uh, which is nice for me uh, considering where i thought the season was headed just a month ago so what are they has there been any like fundamental changes to, to the way they play are they doing something differently that's helped with their success or is it just same thing just executing better just try, what's what's the take there yeah i don't they didn't really have the opportunity to do any like wholesale changes but what they did do was just simplify things particularly on the defensive side of the ball where before they were trying to match personnel and call plays at the line uh, based off formations and all that sort of thing almost got too cute with it to where guys were getting confused and they weren't set and they weren't set and they were out of position and so um, a lot of the issues they had in those first three games of the season was just because guys didn't know where to be and what they were supposed to do so when Bill Bush, um, you know, who was the special teams coordinator, when he took over the defense, he decided, you know what, we're going to have our base defense. We're going to make our calls and guys are going to have their feet set in the ground, ready to go when the ball is snapped. And I think that's made as much of a difference as anything to where it's amazing what happens uh, when guys are actually in position and have an understanding of what gap they're supposed to fill and who they're supposed to cover, and um, you know, where their place is in the zone. So I think that has met, led to, as much of an improvement as anything defensively and then offensively um, you know, I think you're starting to see that, that chemistry um, particularly between the quarterback and the receivers really start to evolve. Trey Palmer um, is now one of the best receivers in uh, the country given his stats and his, his pro football focus grades and whatnot. And um, that I think just took time to where now that, that trust factor and chemistry between quarterback Casey Thompson and Trey um, is really reached a, a new level. And, um, the running game has left a lot to be desired. The offensive line with their protection and run blocking has left a lot to be desired. But I think the, the firepower as far as quarterback, receivers, skill position players uh, has taken that next step. And I think that's just a matter of, of playing together. And again, you know, I think you got to credit Mickey Joseph um, a lot with that Mark Whipple, uh, the offensive coordinator, for kind of continuing to understand with what they have to work with with their personnel and, you know, dialing up, uh, you know, an offense that seems to be pretty effective right now, especially with what they just did at Purdue. So the question the, that I kind of come up to is looking at the two teams, is the Nebraska offensive line going to be able to protect the quarterback long enough for the ball to get out of, out to Palmer? And how do you think he'll do 
against Illinois' defensive backfield, which has gained quite a few accolades as the seasons went on. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be the story of the game. I mean, obviously, they have to stop Illinois' running game, Chase Brown, but uh, if they don't protect Casey Thompson better than they have been, um, he's already beat up. Uh, this bye week was critical for him just to go a week without getting knocked around for 60 minutes. Uh, keeping him upright is going to be um, the absolute most critical part of this game plan uh, because if they can't, if they can't run the ball at least somewhat effectively and consistently, and they're going to ask Casey to drop back 50 times uh, and stand in the pocket. That's that's not going to end well. So um, as far as the offensive line being able to give him time, a lot of that, I think, comes with the scheme. Uh, you got to get the ball out of his hands quickly. Got to run some quick timing routes, uh, maybe do some um, you know timing plays with, with screen passes. That really hasn't been much of a factor in their offense. Um, and especially given the attention that will be paid to Trey Palmer. Uh, Nebraska's already uh, anticipating Illinois bracketing him with a safety on pretty much every possession that he's on the field. Other guys are going to have to step up. And I guess the good news for Nebraska is they have weapons. Um, they have other receivers. Uh, Marcus Washington, who Illinois recruited twice out of high school. And then uh, after he hit the portal from Texas, uh, Travis Volkolek, um, he's a potential NFL caliber tight end. Um, you know, they got some other receivers with Oliver Martin, former Iowa Hawkeye, um, Alante Brown. So, I mean, they've got guys that have the potential to capitalize on the attention that will be paid and has to be paid to Trey Palmer. It's just a matter of can the O-line do enough to slow down Illinois' pass rush? Can the running game do enough to keep Illinois honest with how much they attack the quarterback? And then can those skill players win the one-on-one -on -one matchups that will be there just given, um, you know, needing to account for Trey Palmer. You know, you hit it right on the head. It's amazing to think about um, that this game is considered a, a marquee game this week with the ABC time slot in the, you know, late afternoon. Um, who would have thunk that when the season began, considering the way these two teams, uh, how they, you know, the record last year. And of course, with the Nebraska's uh, early start as well, certainly, uh, as, as you put it, the wheels were coming off at that point, even after the Oklahoma game. But Mickey Joseph, nice job as a mechanic to put the wheels back on the machine and get it going in the right direction. Robin, we will uh, leave it there. Enjoy the game. Look forward to talking to you again soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. Once again, Robin Washit of HuskerOnline.com. He does such great work uh, out there covering all Nebraska athletics. Uh, boy, the, 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 by the way, the big loss this week uh, up at Wisconsin. Uh, Nebraska number one in volleyball, losing to number five Badgers, the defending champs uh, in straight sets, no less. And uh, you can find more of that on HuskerOnline.com as well. We appreciate Robin's time and look forward to talking to him again. Hey, stay with us. Kedrick Prince has been so, so busy because Brett Bielema, uh, Brad Underwood, Shauna Green, they're all killing it right now. We've got a recruiting roundup from Ked coming up next here on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Hey, Illini Guys, Sports Spectacular, Larry, Mike, Brad, Patrick Quinn on audio for us as well. And, uh, you know, another guy in the studio, um, he's a guy that, listen, he still wears a 10-gallon hat, okay? He still rides in on a horse, and he still wears chaps. So we're not going to get into that because that's a visual you don't need. But just because I don't mention it doesn't mean he's not wearing it. I just we just recruit. There's been so much recruiting news that I try to lay off the description of Kedrick Prince when he walks in from our state of the art uh, orange room over there into the state of the art studio to do the sports spectacular. Kedrick Prince, he's the director of recruiting for Lanaguys.com, and uh, and he's always a good sport week in week out. Probably like I didn't take him deep the past few weeks, uh, but Ken, it's getting colder out now, and it's I, I got to get back to it. Okay, welcome to the show. 
I'll, I've wasted enough time because, boy, recruiting is white hot right now for all of the Illinois teams. Let's start with the big uh, football recruit that uh, happened Saturday night, uh, Sabor Kareem out of uh, New Jersey. This kid is somebody that Illinois wanted for a long time, and Bielema finally got him. Well, it's good to be back, and I like to be the fun of the show. As always, I look forward to this. I didn't sleep last night just thinking about doing this show to seeing those lovely, smiling faces. But um, anyway, to answer your question, Mr. Smith, uh, you're right. Uh, recruiting is at a premium right now. Illinois landed a kid named Sabor Kareem. He's a 6'3", 180-pound uh, defensive back from West Orange High School in New Jersey. Um, this kid is listed as a three-star prospect, but for the fans who follow Illinois football, follow recruiting, I can tell you this is Brett Bielema and his staff is one coach in the in the Big Ten. They could care less about recruiting stars and what these kids are doing. And here's an example. Um, I talked to his uh, Sabor's coach, high school coach, Darnell Grant, um, a few times, and he made it clear to me, if you're a recruiting star guy, that's fine because this kid is a five-star recruit. He had well over 25 offers. He's visited over 20-something schools. And, you know, and I guess and in the end, if you want to call them the big boys, uh, some of the Michigans and some of the you know, LSU and um, Alabama those schools are starting to sniff around. That's how good of a prospect he is. And I kudos to Ann Henry and Coach Boo and, and uh, Bielema for landing this kid early because if they would have waited another three months, I don't know if it would have happened just because of those big boys. But this is a really, really – Good physical, strong defensive back prospect. Yeah, you get a kid, and obviously Illinois can sell on the recruiting trail that you know the emergence of some of these players. They put guys like uh, Kirby Joseph in the NFL, and then also you've got the Devin Witherspoon who is you know on the uh, Thorpe watch list. So yeah, it's they, they've got some great recruiting sell, and they got another uh, kind of guy who may be a diamond in the rough, but a little bit underrated right now, and but they love him. Uh, you know what yeah. you mentioned about uh, Devin Weatherspoon? I did some research. I think this kid was a three-star prospect coming out of high school, and now he's one of the top defensive backs in the country. So that tells you, you know, where Illinois sees and what they do to develop talent. Yeah, and and of course, on top of it all, that it doesn't stop there. Desmond Schuster, um, three-star lineman at Hutchinson Community College, is next up. What do you think of him, kid? Well, I think. What Desmond is, is a kid that Brett Bielema, according to Desmond, they see a lot of high potential in him. You know, he didn't have a lot of big power five offers. And uh, I don't think I don't think the only staff cared about that. They're, you know, they're, they're looking at his athleticism and things that they can build. The thing he told me was that the, and him and his family, they trust the staff. They see uh, talent in him. They think he will be able to come in and be a, an immediate impact. Uh, he'll have three years of eligibility left when he gets on campus, which is really, really nice. So he's played some junior college football, which isn't a bad thing. And I, the, the techniques and things, you know, the Illinois is teaching these players and the kids that they go out and get. And, and when they really pursue them, they commit soon. And it's an easy sell because, let's face it, when you're winning, you're a top 25 program and teams can see what you're doing and they know NFL scouts are snooping around the program. It's a lot easier to get these kids to say yes than what it was three or four years ago. Yeah, Schuster really feels the need too because they're going to need some offensive linemen with potentially losing uh, you know, two or three, four, uh, however many people are gone. But they, as they lose those guys, they're going to need replacements. The JUCO kids can come in and step in and play right away, and this is where Schuster can fit in.
And Ked, let's shift over to women's basketball. Big guard Corey, that's what she calls herself. She's signed with Shauna Green. How did this happen? This is great. You know, I think the recruiting visit is what did it for her. And, you know, we're talking about the, the university as a whole. The entire athletic department is just on a roll, Patrick, because Corey is not just your average okay basketball player. This is a remarkable get for Coach Shauna Green and her staff. Um, I talked about the, her visit, Patrick, and what sold it. She came on campus, and she, she got along with the coaches right away. That was number one. And the girls treated her great. Um, Alina Gal Adelia was extremely instrumental in this recruiting process. They got along well. Corey and Adelia did. But the thing that her dad, and for the fans out there who may know her dad, her dad's name is Corey as well, who played at Tennessee, he was just in awe of the athletic department, Josh Whitman. Because I don't know if fans know, but when crews come on campus, if it's possible, Coach, excuse me, Josh Whitman, um, is involved with that, and they were impressed with the facilities and the direction the program is going. And one thing I will say about the, the Illinois women's basketball program, the days of looking in the back mirror are done. They're moving forward. And that's one thing that um, Corey talked about. But she's strong. She's physical. Um, and I'm not trying to plug my podcast, but I really and I would encourage people to listen to it because this girl is confident. I mean, she basically just told me that, she could score on anybody and people can't guard her. That seems kind of confident and, or, or excuse me, cocky and arrogant, but as a division one athlete, I love it. Yeah. She's obviously they're uh, they've, these are higher level recruits than maybe, and, and more consistently, they need more depth on this women's program. And these are high level recruits. Um, and, and so they've added these pieces and, you know, have basically everyone will be back next year, plus the incoming recruits, plus wherever they had the transfer portal. So they're looking to rebuild a little bit, and, and they've got some good pieces to do it. And this is a great start for the future for Shauna Green and her staff. No question. And by the way, uh, Ked, I will uh, pimp your podcast for you, by the way. Ked's Recruiting Roundup, the podcast you can find on the front page of IlliniGuys.com, as well as anywhere that you get your podcast, not just uh, Corey Allen, but also Gretchen Dolan, the other four-star that committed uh, right before Corey did earlier in the week. Uh, as you mentioned, Sabor Kareem, you talked to him. So, um, man, you I'll tell you what, I, I see you bought the new lasso. We talked about that before. <laughs> new lasso, you wore the other one out, and you're already getting that one broken in too. All right, Ked, hey, as, as much as, as we always say, much love to you, brother. We always have fun talking to you, and, um, and, go, out and go out and get him. Go get him, Cowboy. Go get those last windows recruits. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks, guys. <laughs> can't just, he's blushing, I think. Uh, Director of Recruiting for LennyGuys.com, Kendrick Prince, right here on the Sports Spectacular. Stay with us. Retirement makes strong bedfellows. Tom Brady, say hi to Serena Williams. What's next? Are you tired of your website making your business look bad? Is your current web developer dropping the ball? Let's face it. If your website isn't making you money, it's broken. Let Neon Rain create a website that turns your visitors into customers. Neon Rain has worked with hundreds of businesses across North America, building custom websites and applications with modern designs that are easy to update and work well on mobile devices. They can do it for you, too. What sets neon rain apart they actually deliver on their promises call today for a free consultation 303-957-3092 that's neon rain at 303-957-3092 
or visit them at neonrain.com. It's ridiculous over here in Illinois. It really is. How much worse does it have to get? It's a double whammy for motorists, the highest gas prices that we have seen at the pump in over seven years. How much longer will you play the fool? Only thing Illinois is doing is delaying a gas tax increase and calling that a tax cut. How much more of Pritzker can you afford? The taxes can be changed at any moment. How much worse does it have to get before you make a change? Paid for by people who play by the rules pack. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys radio network. Now, let's get back to the studio. As we continue here, uh, Serena Williams. You know, we made the big deal in August that she was, uh, she never said the word retiring, but she said she was transitioning. Um, Well, uh, if Tom Brady gets divorced, I know who he can marry because now she's saying, hey, I'm not going anywhere. In fact, the chances of returning are very high. Yeah, it's it's uh, interesting. Uh, nobody really retires, do they? I think nobody ever retires. They just anymore. take it's just a break. I mean, I think some, it is true. I think they need a break. Professional athletes need that break. It's constant grind. So I retire for a month or two and then nobody talks to me for a while and then eh, I need it back. Yeah, I think that's the the main thing, Brad. I mean, it must be incredible to walk around and have everybody know who you are and shake your hand and tell them about some memory of a game that you played and how great you were. And, you know, oh, thank you for, you know, this this time that, you know, you did this. I love that. And it's got to feel fantastic. And then all of a sudden you're just some old dude or some old gal. Maybe that's a little bit like, pulling the rug out because look, look at boxers can't retire, you know, all these, these athletes keep coming back. And I think the fun of being famous and revered is hard to walk away from. Yeah. Harrison Ford's still doing Indiana Jones movies. So that tells you. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Can't quit. Great grandpa, Indiana Jones. (laughs) Exactly. That stone better not come at me because I won't make it down to stop. Or if I get down. <laughs> so, yeah, I know what move I would have done. It would have been like the, oh, hey, ooh, that's gross. He just got split. Yeah. <laughs> Big blood everywhere because I wouldn't get that far. <laughs> Wayne Jones is now his new name. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, but Serena, uh, you know, 23 uh, Grand Slam titles. I mean, I have a question that she's the GOAT. But you're right. Look, this has been her whole life. You know, what was she, 15 when she turned pro? And now 41. So, you know, I, I get it. Um, but I don't know, maybe before everyone makes a big fuss over you, think that through, but easy for us to say, because, um, you know, we're old and fat. Um, meanwhile, another uh, former number one, um, uh, Boris Becker. Um, <laughs> we've seen Boris in, in better situations. He's in prison teaching yoga, passing the time. You know what? Find something useful to do. You know, I mean, that's good. I guess he's, you know, he's old. Like, I forget how old he is now. Like, he's he's like old and he looks old. He does. So I, uh, he looks old. I mean, I. Oh, my God. Uh, he's 50, he's 54. Um, I like to oh, think man. I like I like to think that, you know, I don't look that old, but maybe I do. I don't know. But... <laughs> oh, Christ. <laughs> he's, he's, God, now, big way to go, sturdy. He's, he's younger than I am. Son <laughs> of a buck. <laughs> Well, well, I, I, Mike, I don't, I don't feel like you look that old. Of course, you're not in prison yet, and yeah, well, you have and you're not teaching and, yoga. So, yeah, I well, you know what though, I, I'm, I'm going to go over a list of the activities in prison, and I'm going to put yoga way up above a lot of the others. 
Yeah, yeah. There you go. You know, we were talking about why was he in prison, and uh, in April, uh, this story reading here, convicted for illicitly transferring large amounts of money and hiding assets after he declared bankruptcy in 2017. Yeah, that'll do it. Uh, that'll that'll do it. So two and a half year prison sentence, only 54. Boy, I thought he was. Uh, I thought he was 64 at that look. I did too. Maybe I'm thinking yeah. of uh, Bjorn Borg. Yeah. I don't know. So, okay. Well, uh, good for him. He's teaching yoga, finding ways to uh, uh, keep away from the sisters, I guess, uh, in prison. Um, <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, Jim Nance, uh, yeah, boy, I hated to see this. Uh, 2023 Final Four is in Houston. Uh, he began his career as a, as a student sportscaster, University of Houston. I think he also played golf down there. He said, this is going to be it. 63 years old. It's his final NCAA tournament. He's going to step away and that uh, will still do golf and the other stuff, but NFL, but it won't be the same without Jim Nance. No, he's, he's, you know, it's just got that voice. It's iconic. You know what I mean? I mean, you, when he's doing a game, you can hear it. You understand it. Um, he's all, always does good job. He's well-prepared. Um, they're going to miss him. You know, I hope they replace him with someone quality and it's not just somebody they throw together because they have, have the right name. So. Yeah. I, I gotta be honest. I, I would have a lot of trepidation, you know, being the person who has to follow, a legend and and boy i i good luck to the individual who does i'm sure they'll have a lot of support but those are some massive shoes to fill ian eagle is going to uh to get the gig and i think that's uh fantastic he does a great job uh veteran he's been a part of the team and that's uh, good yeah I'm, I'm happy with that with that call so as long as it isn't like rex chapman or somebody like that because he's oh terrible. good lord yeah let's not do he's that like the worst i've ever heard so I'm sorry, I didn't mean to let's, dig on let's, Rex. Let, you know what we should do is just whoever has the most Twitter followers gets to be the next announcer of the. Yeah, uh, he was like Marvel. he's doing color commentary. It was it was terrible. Like I mean, I'm like seriously, dude, come on. Really but it actually got to be like a train wreck where you like I can't stop watching. <laughs> I must watch this. <laughs> you know, because you're like, oh, I got to turn this on because I remember, you know, Larry and I were talking. We're like, is this? I mean, I I was trying to look around and see if. Ashton Kutcher had started that punk show and there were cameras in my, or, in or my living room. Saturday Night Live skit. Wait, did I turn the wrong channel on? You know, you know, Pete Davidson's going to be doing the final four. <laughs> right. He's got as a lot Rex, of followers. As, he's going to be as Rex Chapman. So there you go. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, that was, that was pretty bad, bad stuff. Um, Meanwhile, Illini Volleyball, how about Wednesday night starting the second half of the Big Ten season, upsetting number 11 Penn State, uh, Chris Thomas uh, and the ladies really needed this win. Yeah, they've, it's been a struggle. I mean, they've had so many injuries. They're just getting everybody back healthy, and uh, there's still a half of the Big Ten season left. And, you know, they've got some some opportunities to win some games. I was looking at it, hoping they could go six and four down the stretch. But, you know, this win puts it, maybe they can go seven and three or something and they pull an upset somewhere. You just, you just never know. So that this is a, he's in, it's kind of a transition year. I mean, they, they were in sweet 16 last year, but they really need to make the, find a way to maybe push and get in that NCAA tournament at the end. Yeah. The big 10 is such a tough uh, conference in volleyball oh. that it just doesn't really, you know, once you get a few injuries, it's like, holy cow, how are we going to, how are we going to turn it around? Because there's just, there's no easy W's on the schedule. It seems like, you know, and, and so that's part of being in the premier conference in the country. And, um, you know, you got to hope you stay healthy and, 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 and that volleyball may be um, more important to stay healthy in that sport than even football with, with the way this conference is stacked. 
they're just so loaded. It really is. Nebraska, number one, uh, Wisconsin, Ohio State, Minnesota all in the top ten. Penn State, Purdue just outside. Michigan's been ranked. Illinois ranked earlier. Um, I mean, it, it is a gauntlet. There's, there's no question about it. Hey, our time has uh, gone by too quickly. As always, we appreciate everyone who stopped by the show and hope you enjoy the games and join us right back here same time next week. I'm Larry. He's Mike. He's Brad. And you are you. Enjoy the weekend. We'll see you next week. ILL. This has been a presentation of LMBC Sports, LLC, and JM Talent Productions. We'll be back next week on the Illini Guys Radio Network on these same stations across Illinois.